listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Right, welcome to another amazing interview with Woman of Strength. And today I've got a wonderful lady called Gina Haynes, and she actually lives as a first person, first woman I've interviewed today who lives in the same country as me. However, <laughs> New Zealand is made up of two islands, so I live on the North Island and Gina lives on the South Island. So welcome, Gina. Thank you, Anne. It's lovely to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm just going to tell all you wonderful ladies out there a little bit about Gina. So Gina lives in New Zealand, as I said, and she was born and bred here. And 20, she's had 20 years' experience as an educator and 15 of those spent as a visual art and education lecturer at the University of Canterbury in Christchurch. And a lot of you out there in the world probably will um, think, oh, Christchurch, that's, that's um, something that I know. And across the world, we know that Christchurch has some horrendous earthquakes a, a few years back. But Gina's telling me off air that, you know, she wasn't that affected. So that's good to hear. But anyway, so she um, she's a lecturer at the University of Canterbury. And... She holds a Master's of Visual and Performing Arts and she's also got a Bachelor of Science and she's a trained teacher and she's also got a Diploma in Teaching. Um, and she's crafted an international reputation in the field of teaching education, happiness, authenticity and work. And she has presented her research at national and international conferences. And there's so many of them, I'm not going to read them out. But wow, I'm, I'm in awe of <laughs> all of those conferences that um, she's been able to present at. And so Gina's been doing this for a long time and then she decided to leave lecturing in 2014 to chase more of her dreams and to continue to walk the talk. And we all know how important that is. And so Gina now writes and works. In addition, um, she works as an educator, an artist, an interviewer, a speaker and author. Wow, you're a busy lady. Um, and her most recent publication due for release in 2000 or June in 2017, so June this year, which she'll tell us a little bit more about, um, is a book called Euphoria. The Art of Authenticity. I love that title. It's amazing. Thanks, Gina. Because Woman of Strength is all about being authentic. And as I, any of you that have already listened to um, any of my interviews will know, I make mistakes. I don't pronounce things properly. My grammar and speech is, you know, not the best. And um, But that's what it is to be authentic. We are just ourselves. So, I love this book. Oh, wow. I can't wait to read that. But before we get on to that, Gina, can you tell us a bit about your journey on, you know, becoming that woman of strength? Um, well, yeah, I guess it, for me, it started as um, with teaching and, and I taught for a while and then I, I left and had children. And, and in a way, it was having the children that really brought me into the beginning of, of who I am and, and where I sit in the world. And I knew that locating or maybe not locating, but identifying my values and what was really important to me and then living those values, that's, that really came through strongly with 
when my children were were born and small. I've got two children and they're four years and seven days apart. And and it was really important to me that I spent the their early years with them and, and that was a value that, that I needed to uphold and so I did. And um you know, of course, there's a choice in every in everything you, you everything you do. Mm. But, um, it meant it meant leaving teaching for the for me. It meant leaving teaching during that time. But then after that, I went back to work and and um, and then got offered one thing and another led to my my role at university, and that was a fantastic learning experience for me because um, I really had to step into into a space that maybe I not even thought I would go to before, but it was a place of responsibility and, and it kind of, one thing led on to the next. And and it was, again, my, my whole integrity and value system was always being challenged on lots of different levels, primarily by myself. Yeah. So I think my journey has has really become a, a lot of I call it me search I don't really call it I don't call it research I call it me search yeah and, and for me it has been about identifying who I am and how that affects what I do and my question which was my research question when I was doing my master's as well and it's meant it's it's continued to be my question is how does who you are affect what you do mm. and for me I believe that you need to start by learning to know who you are and that's a journey in itself. And I don't think that ever stops because I'm not some static being that just, no. <laughs> just is this person. Yeah, I like you, like you said, you know, you make mistakes. I I am not Pollyanna, but I am that, that happy person, you know, that one that you yeah. think, oh, my gosh, why is she, what, what is she on? That's me, and I'm okay with that because um, I think that, that's, that, I, that I try to, to live happy. And um, the art of living happy is is what I have branded my business to be because for me that whole idea of art being a way you create, being creative and, and, and the way you express your knowledge is really important. And that I take into what I do, which was the teaching, and now it's sort of grown into more teaching, but in a different kind of a way. Um, I'm hoping to just keep, to just keep growing that audience. And so... Um, yeah, I guess, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. And and so on, on that journey, you know, like the being being a mom and staying at home, that was really, really important to you, then going into education and now um, doing this wonderful business that you're doing. What were some of the key learning points along the way? Um, that, that happiness is optional. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a choice and it does lie within. And I think that so often we... Um, and I say we in a collective sort of a way, yeah. but for um, we're, we're looking for external gratification. And look, look, I, I'd be the first to say I like living in a nice house and I like driving a nice car. And th- but those things aren't that they don't give me that feeling of overflowing. And that's what I'm looking for is a, is a sense of my life is overflowing. And and that's that's what I, when I get those little moments of, of life being overflowing, I know I'm, I'm there, I'm in the zone. And sometimes it comes when I'm painting. Um, I'm a very intuitive painter. I don't necessarily paint, well, I don't paint real things. I paint emotions and I paint to express something inside me that I feel needs to come out. And I, I do use my artworks in my writing, a lot of it, the, the book that you spoke about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that has, that's kind of a, um, on every page there's a part of 
a painting of mine or some artwork that I have that I have created. So it's a very visual um, experience. I hope that when you when you pick it up, you you feel a sense of beautifulness and or beauty in the book, and so you can take that inside and and, and live it like that too. So um, yeah, that's I guess yeah, that's that's what. I yeah, cool. And so with, with the book, because I know that every single one of us has got a book inside of us, haven't we? And so how did yours come about? Tell us about that. Well, I started to write the book because when I left the university, when I resigned from my from my role as a lecturer, I thought, right, this is what I want to do. I want to start this TV show that where I interview people about their work and their happiness and how they align who they are to what they do. Yeah. And so I, I looked for people who loved their jobs and all their work because for me a job is a joy of being. But um, anyway, I, so I was thinking, well, how do I how do I move into this? What's my segue into this next? stage of, of what I'm what I'm doing um, because I think you probably can gather that I love work and and it is really about you know who I am I love to take it into what I do so I thought I will write this book as a platform that I can then launch what I do next from and I thought yep six months I'll have it ticked off it'll be it'll be done it'll be sorted hello we are two years and four months left. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> and, and I think we're about, you know, draft 700. But, anyway, yeah. I, but we are now at the point where next week it will go to get the, um, the final proof whether it comes wow. back from the printer. And, and so then it can be printed because it is due for, for release on June the 17th. And I put that line in the sand so I don't keep pushing it out. But yeah. um, I thought, you know, as I said, six months, yep, that'd be fine. So I took myself off and did some writing and, and then it kind of evolved. And the first draft that I, that I wrote, it was just like a, it was like a, a brain dump, you know, it was just like a boom. And, and I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. It works for me. Then I, I got a little dream team together. I called them my dream team and invited them over. And someone like, oh, I, do, I think we need to put some, give, give us something in between because we can't quite get from that bit to that bit. So we need a, a little bit of something. And I thought, oh, okay, righto. So I went back and then did the next draft and so on and so on. And so now that it's completed, I it has done so much more than just given me this platform because it is it's layered my learning once again. So it is it's a yes it is a story and yes there's a lot of um, story of my story in there. There's a lot of metaphors, there's a lot of uh, looking at values, attitudes and beliefs and how we limit ourselves by them. So there's a lot of teaching through it as well. So it's a combination yeah. of a workbook, a journey story and room for journaling. So, yeah, it's kind of a, a whole lot of things all rolled into one. So hopefully as it will be a really fantastic platform for me. But it's it's been more than just what I thought it was going to be in the beginning. It really has... Um, it's given me it's just given me so much so much joy writing it but so much more now as I look forward I keep thinking oh my gosh I know what you're talking about that's in my book yeah. I, I say it so many times it'll become like a bad record where I say oh I've got a book for you yeah. <laughs> oh, I've just got that just for you yeah so anyway I just yeah. 
yeah it is amazing because when we do the things that we love to do it does bring us so much joy and it doesn't feel like work does it i mean it, it just feels like it's it's something that we've been born to do it, it brings so much happiness and, and joy and i know i was saying to you off air like for me it's like a dream just interviewing all your amazing women it, it was something one piece of writing that i'd, I'd written and, and it literally for me um, it was a first draft. That was it. I just wrote it. It was a challenge that I'd set myself that I was running for some of my clients. And it was like, okay, write it, send it to see what happens. And then the universe just delivers all this beautiful, juicy, wonderful stuff to you. So a bit like you writing your book, you know, it was set out as a platform, but actually now it's got to something far bigger than that. Yeah. 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 And I think too, like um, I really believe that you that once we once we can identify what our strengths are and then we use those strengths in the work we do often, um, that just that like you said, it just doesn't feel like work. <laughs> no, it it's great. Yeah, it is. It, it is wonderful, and I think I, I love just connecting with other women and hearing their stories because we can hear parts of our own story threaded through other women's stories. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I love that. So, so through writing your book and, and the work that you, I mean, we call it work, job. It's, it's like, what do we call it? Because I, I was thinking that earlier. I put this wonderful, I just put this thing on my Facebook page and I have the most amazing job in the world, but it doesn't feel like a job. And it's, and I, what would you, because you said before, for you, job is what, joy of being. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. a job as a joy of being. Yeah, yeah, I actually, yeah, book. I've got a book that you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, I, I quite like that when you say you know a job, a joy of being. It's like yeah, like, because when when I I often hear, hear people talking about you know my job or it's Monday or oh, thank goodness it's Friday. I mean, how often do you see that or hear that? Oh gosh, it's Monday. I've got to go to work and and then Friday. Wow, it's the weekend. But for me, my job, it like you, it, it is that joy of being. So did was that a conscious um, choice that you made that when you decided to leave lecturing and go in into what you're doing now that you were consciously choosing to love it or is it just a natural thing that you do um that's that's a i think that's a really good question it was a the transition for me wasn't just i just didn't wake up one day a couple of things did happen that i thought oh my gosh uh wake up gina you need to you know you need to get in there's some messages coming here that you need to be receptive to yeah um, I, I kind of started, I think sometimes you get, things happen for a reason, I believe. And, and for um, one of the things that happened to me was my um, time, my contract time at the university was marginalised by a student intake, probably, I'm not sure, probably maybe five years before I left. And, and it was a little bit, um, because my my work was was made up of te a tenured position and extra contract role. Then when the contract was lessened because of um, the intake for the following year, I suddenly thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my time? Actually, it might have been before I became tenured. I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact but I, whatever it was, it was it was a little bit of an awakening thing. That I thought, oh, my gosh, I need to figure out something here that is this really – if it's a bit tenuous, what am I going to do with 
my, the re, you know, the next, what was my next step? And so I started to look at it and I went and interviewed a whole lot of people in different roles thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't be lecturing. Maybe I should go and do something else. Maybe there's another thing that I wanted to do. So I started to look at different people's jobs and I went and interviewed them and, you know, I talked to people who were in PR and all sorts of, you know, journalism and just different roles that I thought might aligned to to me and this was before I started to do any self-study work or action research or phenomenology or any of those things I hadn't even thought about them and and so but one thing that came out of that was I realized that it wasn't anyone else's job that I wanted what I wanted what I really enjoyed was interviewing them and talking to them like you said and their stories and that's what really I was like oh my gosh this is so exciting how can I find a job that that does that I thought oh gosh I need a tv show that's what I need and so I I thought oh yes but you know I think we'll just at the moment we'll just carry on and things turned out that the following year you know picked up again and I I had an art exhibition and it was it was okay but I knew that actually going back to teaching was probably a good place for me so I did I went back to teaching and the numbers came and and then one thing led to another and I was there for probably another I don't know how long but probably 10 years actually but in the meantime a lot of other things happened and but towards the end of my time I realized that if I, there were some things that I really wanted to do and that idea of the TV show just kept niggling away there and getting out and talking with people and interviewing them and hearing their stories and sharing their stories became more and more important and, and louder and louder in my, in my mind. So that's, that's why I chose to go down that pathway. Um, but I, it doesn't feel like work. But no. you know, some of the people, and that's one of the questions that I often ask people when I'm interviewing them, is, is your job your joy of being? And I love, some people say yes, and some people say, no, not my whole joy of being, but very much a part of it. And all of the people that I interview, they have to love their work or I don't, you know. that don't that, interview them, yeah. <laughs> because that doesn't fit my work happiness interview yeah. idea. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, there, there are so many people who do love what they do and, and just hearing why they love it and sharing and then being able to share that passion. I call it, I, I call it the eyes and it's illuminate, inspire and ignite. And so I, I shine a, a torch on illuminate what they yeah. do and, and who they are and then hopefully it inspires other people who are watching and ignites them in their own life to maybe do something that, that takes them or Puts the, puts the mirror up that says, hey, well, what about me? You know, what, yeah. or even just those little things that, um, you know, if I ask a question, for example, um, you know, what three words would you use to describe yourself? And, and so somebody comes back and, and they tell me what they would, they would use. And it always surprises me so much because if someone said to me, Gina, what three words would you use to describe yourself? I'd be like, <laughs> and so they come back with three words, and I'm, I, but I, you know, I kind of do figure out now what three words I might use today. What yeah. I, but um, I love that because then I think if somebody's watching, they might say, "Oh my gosh, what would I say?" If yeah. To me, what three words? And just that idea of the um, inner reflection and starting to to think about self and how who I am is you know who who am i in the world that's sort of the beginning of the whole idea of having the courage to be who you are do work that works for you and, and love living your life which is yes yeah. 
But yes, yeah, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it's it is about loving who we are and loving our life and and making making that conscious choice to do that because yeah. um, the mind's incredibly powerful, trying to take us down a different path. So we've always got that internal battle going on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what what advice would you give, you know, our, our women out there, people that are watching or listening to this, about stepping into that that place of happiness or authenticity? I guess I would just say then um, really set some time aside and, and consider who you are at, at your core essence and... Um, and, and there's all sorts of ways that you can do that. You know, I have, I have ways that I talk about in my book and take you through a set of um, exercises to help, to help people. And, and, you know, I, that's what I do in my courses is I really, we start to think about who you are and then I look at how that affects what you do. So I, I really, like I say again, it is having that, the courage to yeah. hold the mirror up and look at yourself. And courage isn't just about bravery. It comes from the heart. You know, it's that idea of, of really thinking from the heart, oh, my gosh, who am I? And it's okay who you are. But yeah. getting to know the real you, the core you behind the one that we have in the, in the world, whether it's, you know, Gina the teacher, Gina the whatever. And we all do have those. I call them veneers, but, but you know, they're not, no, no judgment. I'm not saying they're right or wrong or whatever. I'm just saying that there is a core you behind there. So really have the courage to look at that person and get to know that, that be self. Yeah. And the do self is, you know, the courage to have, have that idea as well. See if you can find a way to connect the two. And then self-love is the, I reckon, the goal. And that's what yeah. we, we want to aim for. So have the courage to go down that road too. And, and have the courage to... Be strong about it. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, it does. It does take courage because what I always say to people too is it's simple, but it's not easy. You know, there's a big difference. It it takes courage to step into that place and to look at yourself and that self awareness. Um, so it's a simple process, but it's not easy, and it's not easy to um, maintain it. And so courage is such a big part of that, isn't it? Yeah. And it's vulnerable too, you know, you, you put yourself in a position sometimes when you put yourself out there, there is a vulnerability that you have to, you're constantly, that constantly comes up in front of you. And that takes courage too, to look at yourself and, and with honesty and openness and, um, and, it, and just, just look at it and, and examine it and what does it mean and what, what will, what, if you change things, how will that be too? Because change is choice and yeah. From that comes acceptance and love if you choose. Yeah, absolutely. And, and vulnerability. I mean, I love, um, you know, that, that word vulnerability. And, and I love the work that, um, I don't know if you know Brené Brown, and but all the work that Brené Brown's done around vulnerability and how we are so strong when we put ourselves in that place of vulnerability, that's where we find strength and growth. So, yeah, I, I love that, um, that you do that too with, with your clients. So where can our amazing women find you? If they want to, you know, they connect to what you're saying and would love to work with you or find out more about you, how can they do that? Um, I do have the, the Gina Haynes Facebook page and I've also got ginahaynes.com. So the easiest way is really through the internet and um, there's a contact page on there, gina at ginahaynes.com. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's 
yeah, that's that's how. That's the easiest way. And and yes, I do have a Facebook page. And, and on my Facebook page, every week I, I post a video of, of a work happiness interview. And, um, you know, and that's free and, and it's part yeah. of the service that, that I'm putting back into the world, which I think is so important too. Yeah. And it's about illuminating, inspiring it. To, to inspire and ignite so and hopefully that's what we do because that's that's why well yeah that's why i'm here yeah that's why we do what we do isn't it yeah exactly yeah. we want to we want to inspire people and ignite that passion and fire within themselves to go out there and do what they love to do and have, too. yeah and have the courage to to, to be doing love authentically because that idea of bringing people home to themselves where home is a place where where they they really feel totally at home and, and I think of that as a core essence or um, a friend of mine gave me the term to use cosmic twinkle which is the um, oh. and it's so I just love it it's so beautiful and I, I do I write about it in my book and and she um, her dad actually used it and he was a pediatrician and he, he used to talk about that he used to see something that you were um, in, in small children that was absolutely if you like what they were born to do and so I encourage my my people to to go back and and really find what that is and, and examine what it is and then look where in your life you use it and how can you use it more yeah so, yeah that's yeah I love that yeah, and children are our teachers aren't they I've got two well I've, I've actually got eight grandchildren but I've got three that live in New Zealand and two of them um, are just like these little gems of knowledge and they're like these little teachers that are constantly teaching me, <laughs> you know, to be myself because one's four and the other's two and, and the third one, he's only 15 months at the moment, but the four-year-old little girl, she's amazing. She is this twinkle, you know, this cosmic twinkle. She's out there, she's a princess, she's always going to be a princess and, and she just says it as it is and if she's not happy with something she'll you know she'll tell you she'll say oh nanny I'm not happy with you at the moment and I'm like oh okay <laughs> you know but we do um we lose that essence of twinkleness or whatever you want to call it as we grow up because we start building our story don't we as, as adults and if we could just watch children and learn from them um they are our greatest teachers I just love it so Cosmic twinkle, wow. <laughs> well, that, that's not my, it's, uh, it's only my term on loan. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, so not yours, but it's, it's a great term though. Well, it, it came from my friend Sally Hope's dad, and Sally Hope is like the leader of the Wild Heart Revolution, and she's just this beautiful yep. person who lives in, in America. Yep. And um, she, yeah, she, her dad, like I said, she um, was talking about it. And, and I just think it's such a beautiful term. And I, I ask and speak with a lot of people about, you know, let's identify your cosmic twinkle. And I, for some people, um, it's really quite hard to think yeah. about what it is and, and, and how, you know, have they used it again in their life or whatever. But, yeah, I think... Um, I'll tell you really quickly how I, what I knew my cosmic twinkle was is that I think I was three and I didn't realise I, I was quite so little, but I was a princess bee and my, my mother was a ballet, is a ballet, was a ballet teacher and, and in the local, you know, in the recital at the end of the year, I was a princess bee and there were two princesses and we had these beautiful sparkly blue outfits on and we were pretty okay, pretty, pretty cute if I say so myself, and she, um, anyway, we had this, there was a, a velvet curtain, and 
my brother was on one stage of the curtain and my cousin was on the other. A family affair, you can tell. Anyway, they, they were the guards of the, the beehive and it was called Bees in a Summer Garden, this, this dance ballet thing. And there were two princesses and we, our job was to lead all the little princess, uh, sorry, all the other little bees out on, at, a certain, at a certain time. Well, who knows why I decided that that was not going to be what was going to happen. And so I decided that I would bring all of these out at an undesignated time, my time, and, and take them for a journey around the stage, which was not the journey they were used to. And we're talking three to five-year-olds, about <laughs> 15 of them. And if you've ever been to any one of those kind of things, you know that it's going to be, if somebody, if somebody mucks it up, nobody knows what's going on and yeah. the whole raft of all sorts of different things happening. So my brother, who was very cross with me for doing this, was you know giving me the growly on stage and I was totally oblivious to it and having a beautiful time and inviting all of these to do whatever, whatever, whatever. And I realised not that long ago that that is my cosmic twinkle. I love to you know have my own show and, and just be in my zone doing things and, yeah. and people follow and it's great and you know and so I realised that the more often I can have in my life the opportunity to, to play and, and bring out my playfulness and, and my creativity and my um, you know curiosity to see what's over there or whatever. Yeah. That is when myself comes alive. So I try and do that as much as I can. Yeah, and it's great because that's just reminded me. It's, it's amazing how when we have these conversations, because this is <laughs> another one of those where I've remembered an event in my life because there's so many events. You know, people go, what, what is the event or, you know, that, that sort of pushed you into this place of strength? But there are so many. And what that's reminded me of is when I was in a school production, but I was a lot older, I was uh, high school so probably about 14 something like that and it was in singing in the rain and we all were on stage with our umbrellas and and we all had to go up and out and down and I, it didn't feel natural for me to follow what everyone else was doing and so I just followed my natural thing so they would go up and I would go out and it was like you know, again very much about what well, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do but what what the killer for me around that was I loved doing that because that was who I was to follow my own intuition and instinct but I was ridiculed on stage and so for then I, I hid for a long long time about oh I can't be what I want to be then I have to conform so thank you for reminding me of that because sometimes we don't always know those markers in our life where we thought oh we want to shine and, and twinkle and, and you know be that cosmic twinkle but sometimes someone dims our light for a while so thank you for that because yeah. I just remembered that you're so welcome but isn't it interesting then you start to think well what do I do now and how do I feel doing that when it yeah. does it feel right and and you know what does it feel for me because I guess the vulnerability side will come through for you if you if that is something that you've felt and yeah when, um, because yeah if, if somebody puts the lid on it it keeps it keeps it intact for longer doesn't it and yeah yeah and it did for years after that you know it was like I'm not going in any more school performances I'm not going to be standing up on a stage I'm not going to do that because as much as I loved it that was why I was in it you were ridiculed when you did something different it's like no I'm not going to do that anymore and so yeah for years it actually did 
um, hold me back. But I'd never really connected those dots around that until you just shared, you know, a, a, about your being the princess bee. So thank you. <laughs> I've really enjoyed talking with you. It's been amazing. And we always learn something about ourselves and other people when we do this. So thank you so, so much, Gina. And I wish you well in, in your venture. And please, Please keep in touch with us so that when you do release this book, we can, um, so it's going to be, remind me again, it's Line in the Sand, so it's June the... June the 17th. 17th. Yeah. So on June the 17th, please let us know and I will share it and, and help you with that launch because, you know, there's so many women out there that are really, really going to benefit from reading this. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much, James. Yeah. And, and thank you for doing what you're doing. You know, it's, it's awesome that you're, that you're putting it out there and, and finding other women who, who are living true to themselves and yeah. doing work that works for them. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much and take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to angewilcock.com slash enough said.